Welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Today, we, we are going to be talking about how to talk about your work and how to talk with somebody else about their work. All right. Hello, everyone. So this topic is, I think it's really important. And uh, people have a lot of ways to avoid talking about their work. And people um, have certain strategies to avoid talking about their work, which I've noticed. And this, I'm going to start with a situation in which someone is coming to your studio to look at your work. Okay, um, you'd think this was a fabulous opportunity. And it is rare. It is rare that we have people who will come to the studio, give us their full attention, and look at our work. It does happen. And I think it's interesting how often we don't really want that to happen. Well, it's kind of like your personal space, it you is. know? Like, on some level, we want people to come. Yeah. but It's kind of like they're going into your bathroom and looking at it through your medicine cabinet. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so you feel exposed and you feel vulnerable. And this could be somebody you know pretty well, or it could be somebody you don't know at all. And you just, you know, part of you is going to sort of resist the idea, even though you welcome them in and maybe you invited them. So I'm just going to go through some of the kind of interesting strategies that I've noticed that artists do in order to prevent conversation about their work. Okay, so the first one is sometimes people come on, artists come on to a visitor uh, in a mode of everything I do is great, right? <laughs> so um, somebody walks in and you're like, uh, don't you like this painting? Isn't this painting great? Oh, look what I did over here. Uh, which kind of puts the person on the spot. Yeah, All it doesn't could... really invite critique <laughs> no. that's in any way positive. All the person could say is, um, yeah, uh, okay. You know, even and, and if they don't think it's great, it's kind of a wall, you know, it's hard to get past that. So, yeah. So, well, and that's something that I, I see in my day job, which is involved in, in uh, brewing and in the beer industry. And when I, when I get people in who are brewers who are bringing us their, right, they're trying to their sell beers you the that they've made. And the, oh, isn't this one good? Isn't this one good? And uh, my boss, uh, the guy who I work with there, uh, he's, he's funny because he's one of the, like, we're, we live in a very polite culture here in, we do in, the, in the upper Midwest. We sure do. Yeah. And, and no, nobody wants to, tell somebody that like their beer is not good uh but but my boss is not afraid to he'll be oh yeah that's a bad beer <laughs> he'll be like i don't like it well and and so what percentage of people going into someone else's studio are going to say that's a bad painting I don't yeah like. it's not going to happen right but but you know what i mean it, it, sometimes there's something positive to be drawn out from that you know yeah. I, sometimes you need to be told like hey what you're doing here it's not working <laughs> Well, it's a defense. When yeah. people come on that way, it's a defense because deep inside, they probably don't think they're that great. And this is, they're going to establish right up front that they are great and they don't want anyone to argue. Okay, so that's yeah. one. <laughs> so the, the the opposite of it is everything I do is terrible. Right, which I is hate, also an attitude that doesn't I hate invite all critique. my work. <laughs> it's like, please say something positive about my work. Really, that that absolutely puts people, uh, it shames or guilts right? them into saying- Well, it's not bad. 
well, what you did here is it, it's really nice. Right, right. You, you have to, right? Especially if you're from the Midwest, right? Yeah, if, yeah. you're from this like super polite culture. Yeah, like. yeah. So that's another one. And, and all of these are things I've observed and probably a few I've practiced myself. So um, the next one is uh, the artist will take the entire time there talking about everything except the work. This is the artist. So the person arrives and the artist says, oh, hey, you made it here. You found my place. Oh, how was the traffic? Uh, yeah, how were weather. the roads? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so how are your kids doing? You know, and, and it just subvert everything so that the person really isn't working at their work and it becomes just a social call. Mm-hmm. I have been guilty of this. I will admit. Well, and, and what I've observed with, with you is that you tend to want to have the social visit for like about an hour beforehand in the kitchen and then go to the studio. You yeah, know, that, and hopefully that by the time better. you get to the studio, it's all that's out right. of the way. But And that, so that's a, that's a tip. I mean, that's a planning tip. If someone's coming over and, and it really is a friend, say, and you, you want to chat, uh, do that before you go to the studio. <laughs> um, so um, another top. Another strategy might be I'm going to talk nonstop um, about my work. Strategy for avoiding right. real discussion. I, I'm only going to um, uh, talk a monologue about my work and there will be no discussion or interruption. And this is something I have experienced visiting other artists where it is it is really a, a monologue that they're going to deliver to me because I've come to their studio. Yeah. And it almost, I like my suspicion is that these are the kind of people who have, who have done like a lot of university lectures or, you know, they're used to this, you know, kind of giving a speech about their work right. and then, they, and then they, that, go they in, just go into that mode. They go into teaching mode about yeah. their work. Yeah. Yeah. And um, again, it is, it can be very interesting, but it doesn't feel like a conversation, which no, is ideally what this should to be. To be honest, I find it to be kind of condescending. <laughs> uh, when I've, bit, when I, I mean, I haven't had this experience a whole lot with artists, but I have in other circumstances where you go to talk to somebody about what they're working on and they just talk nonstop. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I'm here because I have something to offer. You know? I'm, well, you want to have a conversation. Exactly. Like you, you want to learn about their work. And it is about them. It is about their work. You're not there to talk necessarily about you. But at the same time, it's more interesting and you'll get more out of it if you engage in a little give and take. So yeah. so the monologue is another way of kind of pushing people away. Yeah, really. it's, I, I feel like I'm supposed to raise my hand at the end if I want right. to ask a question, you know? <laughs> well, kind of the opposite of the monologue is uh, somebody comes to your studio and, and you just become completely tongue-tied and, and silent, more or less. You just kind of shut down. And it becomes very uncomfortable. And um, again, I, I'm i somewhat guilty of this. And, and in the context of, we used to have a big party here every year at our house, and the studio is behind the house. So at some point during this big party, there would often be a group of people that would want to come into my studio. And so I'd say, sure, come on in my studio. And the studio might have all of a sudden 20, 25 people come in. And I would just, I just didn't know what to say. I mean, well, I just, it's such a different dynamic from like having one person in your studio yeah. versus 20 people. <laughs> right. I'd be more likely to shut down with the crowd, I suppose. One person, you feel like you have to say something. But anyway, uh, certain personality types will tend to shut down in the face of uh, feeling vulnerable or, you know. So um, 
another strategy um, might be, so you've invited someone to your studio and you kind of think they're going to stay. You're not sure how long they're going to stay. In your mind, because you're really feeling vulnerable and not really wanting to talk about your work, you hope that they're going to only stay a few minutes. And so the way to, to engineer this is to quickly show them around your studio without pause. So you say, oh, here's the one I'm working on now. Yeah, okay. Oh, over here, these are some new ones. Yeah, little ones. Um, oh, over here are some works on paper. Had enough, time to go. <laughs> uh, rushing it, you know. Yeah. And, and not, I mean, almost anyone's artwork takes a little time to process. And so... Really, you need to give the person looking at it a little downtime to to take it in. Um, another very common strategy. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm kind of familiar with some of these. Um, <laughs> so somebody comes in, and you don't really want to talk about your content because that feels a little scary, or you don't want to reveal too much. So instead, you say, "Okay, so this one over here." Um, it's on a wood panel, you see, and I, I've used a, I'm, I've just started it. There's a few layers on it. This one over here, now I've added texture and blah, 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 blah. Or I like to work on this type of paper. And So just so focusing on, on like the, the technical yes. materials <laughs> and how you created it and not. And, 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 and not going near why you did it yeah. or, or that this one is uh, very meaningful to you in some way or whatever, because it seems too personal to suddenly start talking about it. And it may be, but I think when someone comes to your studio, you know, they really want to probably know more than what kind of paint you're using, you know. <laughs> so that's another um, avoidance strategy. And um, I guess the last one is... It kind of goes along with the monologue, but I, I really just want to impress you with my resume when you come in. So, <laughs> so uh, you go, you know, somebody comes to your studio and you start out by saying, "Hi, uh, you know, yeah, I'm Rebecca Kroll. I'm the author of this book, and and I did this <laughs> and that, and oh, I just had a show and blah blah blah, and I sold this and that, and and on and on and on, and you know, this is absolutely not going to work with you know anybody you actually know, but <laughs> like a stranger." And I have seen this in action going to someone's studio who really, really just hit me over the head with her impressive credentials. Uh, and it it's not a great conversation opener, okay? <laughs> no, and, and it's like, if if we were to have somebody like that on the Messy Studio podcast, like, what good would the content be? Yeah. You know, I, uh, well, I, when you've interviewed people, you know, there's been a short discussion about maybe their credentials or whatever but that's all just kind of introductory you know like you want to know more about it yeah and i i just think it's it's definitely deflecting away from meaningful conversation when that's too much the emphasis and so so those are all things you know i call them strategies to strategies to avoid talking about your work (laughs) right so what if you do want to talk about your work yeah (laughs) like how do you do it like how could you set up a situation, someone's coming to visit you, where, okay, what's the best way that I can set the stage for something interesting? And I kind of touched on this, is you do need to give people a little bit of time to adjust their eyes to looking at your work, right? So maybe they just did arrive in their car after a long drive, and, and they're thinking about something else, and they walk into your studio, and bam, you know, it's like... um 
they have to orient a little bit. And so one of the ways to do this, you could just say, well, let me just give you a few minutes to look. And that's fine. You know, it doesn't feel uncomfortable. Um, and, and you can also give them a little bit of an orientation. And this would include things, but it's not a monologue, okay? So you say, um, um, so here's what I've been working on lately. And I feel that it's... Uh, a little bit different from some of my older work, and this is why. Like that could just be kind of a conversational opening. And it it allows the person to kind of settle in and say, oh, okay, here's a place to start. Because a lot of people don't, they won't know what to say when they come in. Yeah, you got to start the conversation somewhere. Right, and, and that it many times people that come in don't have the language. They don't have the background. If they just like they like art, they collect art, um, but maybe they're not artists themselves, and and they're coming in feeling a little bit intimidated. How can you put them at ease and let give them a place to start talking? And so that's that's one good way. Um, another thing you can do with people is engage to engage them in conversation after they've had a little time to look. Say, so um, is there something here that you? you find particularly interesting or that you're drawn to. And, you know, that's a good place to start. So they might say, well, yeah, I like the color in this one. Sure. And then, and then you can say, well, can you say a little bit more about that? Maybe is it, is it the color combinations or is it the, um, the fact that they're dramatic colors or they're subtle colors, you know, and so you kind of prompt them along a little bit without being condescending. I mean, yeah, there, you have to acknowledge that a lot of people, don't really have the language to talk about your work the way mm-hmm. you do at all. And even other artists may have trouble. So, Yeah, and that's something I, I run into in my job all the time. Um, you know, when I'm dealing with a customer who's – so, um, you know, my day job is I, I work uh, with craft beer – and, you know, introducing somebody to different styles of beer when they don't have a language to describe what they even like, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, what works is I, I start by saying, well, what do you like? You know, and it allows them to describe using the vocabulary that they do have. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just, you know, I like this kind of beer or in, in your case, you know, I like this artist or I like their work. Right. And then you can say, oh, well, you know, this is kind of similar to that. It has some of the same themes or values values or mm-hmm. um you know you yeah, can start you to introduce to, some of those some of those uh vocabulary words without being condescending right, right. You, know? you have to find out where people are at and and how you can start to engage them and it's just like conversation about anything like mm-hmm. i mean like what you're talking about or just about anything where you're trying to engage somebody a good thing is to ask questions yeah you know? and i used to work at a winery and it was kind of the same thing you know the the, the way i start is you know, oh, do you prefer like red wines or white wines or sweet mm-hmm. wines or dry wines? And from that, I can kind of figure out where they're at and, yeah. you know, what they're interested in. And I can show them things that I think that they'll like. And I can maybe push them a little bit and say, hey, this is a little bit out of your comfort zone, but I'd like you to take a look mm-hmm. at it and try it and, and you know, see what ways, you think. And one of the ways, you know, with, with artists is I do this a lot because if somebody seems very interested in my work and maybe not in my studio, but in some other context, at an opening or something, and they'll seem very interested. I'll say, are you an artist yourself? And many times they are, and that really opens the door too, because then, like you're saying, oh, so what's your work like? You know, and, and then you maybe you can find some common ground uh, to start discussing. So 
so when I was talking about the defensive strategies, I think at the root of that is that the artist in the studio wants some kind of control over the situation, right? And I think it's interesting to think about what things you can control and what things maybe you shouldn't try to control. And I think from the from the discussion so far, I think it's clear that you shouldn't try to control the other person's reactions or control where the conversation is going uh, because that's kind of pointless, right? I mean, you won't learn as much as you could. But I think you can exercise control as far as what you allow the person to see. I mean, you can put away something that you really don't want to talk about. You can control who comes in and when they come in. And hopefully, I mean, some people have a very open studio situation. They're in a, an art building or something where, where people are welcome to come in. That's a little different. Or they do these uh, art crawl things art crawl, where there's right. going to be a bunch of people coming through. and Yeah. Um, but if it's your own studio, private studio, if somebody shows up uh, unexpectedly and maybe you're in the middle of something and you're not ready to show it to anyone, believe me, you have no obligation to have them in. And you can just say, sorry, it's not a good time. I'm in the middle of something. You know, Maybe you want to come back next week or something. And so you can defend your position, uh, and that can be a little challenging for people, especially, again, with family members or friends who drop by and want to come in. You might just say, not right now. So that's um, an aspect that you, you have every right to control that. So another thing you might think about when somebody is in there and you're having a good conversation is... Um, what what are they saying that you wouldn't thought have thought of on your own? Because I think it's fascinating. People really say interesting things if you give them the opportunity. And I mean, it can be mind boggling. I had I, you heard my um, interview if you've been listening to the podcast with Nula Clark, and you know if you've listened to that one, she's a very interesting thinker. And I had her in to look at my work when when I was in Ireland in my studio there. And she went from one thing to the next with these very interesting insights and observations. And as soon as she left, I started writing them down because I knew I would forget them. And I think there's such gems sometimes that people say and very interesting. So, so far, we've kind of talked about like somebody coming into your studio and looking at your work and how to talk with them about it. Right. What about when you're going to somebody else's studio and talking about their work? Right. When when you're the one who comes in and maybe they're... Um, throwing these defensive strategies at you. <laughs> yeah, how to break through. <laughs> how to break through. Um, and I would say, first of all, good for you for going to someone's studio because too often I think we don't we don't look at other artists' work enough and we don't try to engage in conversation. If you, if you like somebody's work, ask to see their studio. I mean, it really can be very interesting when you're the one who's who's going well and it's always surprising how open people are and how how willing to talk to you they are mm -hmm. um you know this is in in uh i think it was yeah. the last episode i was talking about uh the importance of cold calling yeah you know just call people up you yeah. know talk to them You'd and be i surprised. Had, i've had some amazing experiences like when i got the guts to call an artist that i admired and was invited to their studio and it, it's truly a, a a gift and a pleasure to go and when you when you go, um, there are a few etiquette rules, and one of them is it's not about you, okay? 
uh, I have had people visit my studio, ask for a studio visit, come in and talk only about themselves and their work. <laughs> and it, it's kind of shocking when it happens. You're like, oh, really? Um, and But that that's a real faux pas. You don't do that. I mean, yeah. You're there to see them and give them all your attention. And on the other hand, if it's somebody, say, like myself, and I teach workshops, and you say you want to come to my studio and see my work, I'm not. you're not really there to ask me a million questions about cold wax medium, right? I mean, <laughs> that happens, too, where people will come in and they just, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm not, this is not a class, okay, <laughs> you know? So, so understand the boundaries, understand respect for the person's space. And make it as valuable as you can. So if they're if they're throwing you off with one of these tactics, um, I suppose some of them are pretty hard to break through. But others, um, you could say, I mean, maybe you look at your watch and you say, you know, I I don't have a whole lot of time. So can we start talking about your work? You know, like you could smile and say that. Let's let's talk about what the work's about and. And let's let's get in let's get in deep here because I'm really interested. Or just like ask a specific question about a piece. Right? Yes, yes. You like could. what were you thinking about when you made this one? Very good one. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think if you let the artist know that you're truly interested, that you want to cut through all this small talk or whatever they're throwing at you, um, I think most artists would settle down and start talking, and and asking good questions is an excellent opening. Um, as much as you're able to, as an artist, use specific language when you talk about their work. So rather than just saying, I like the color or I like the composition, get get specific and that gives the artist something to respond to. So I like the way that you have your form, your heaviest form at the top of this piece. It really feels like it's there's gravity pulling it down or something like that. Uh, that invites a deep conversation right there. Um and you know you can also just start with general observations like um i'm seeing i'm seeing some abstract landscape here is that kind of where you're coming from you know that sort of thing like you're observing something and putting it out there for them to respond to um th- you could think of yourself a little bit as you're going there to write a newspaper article or you're going there to do a podcast or interview and what what can you say to the person to draw them out and i know uh, you know i've done a number of podcast with other artists and it's fascinating because once you really listen to somebody talking about their work they will give you all kinds of roads to follow yeah and you just it's so interesting well and it's funny how how podcasting is one of those things that um i think opens up a little bit it allows people to open up a little bit more it opens up more doors and opportunities to talk to people um you know it's it seems like uh People are willing to have a different kind of conversation with you as a podcaster than just as, you know. They definitely are. Yeah. And and maybe if you, you know, if you, if you put your own mindset on that you're there to interview them, that's a pretty good, pretty good strategy for the visitor, I think. So do you have any strategies for dealing with that person who is in monologue mode or in resume (laughs) mode? Because it seems like most of these tips that you have are great for getting somebody to kind of open up or go in a little bit deeper. But you know, what if they just won't shut up? (laughs) Um, I suppose 
I suppose, honestly, I might get out of there as soon as I could. <laughs> they would win. <laughs> but I, the the thing about, um, you know, I mentioned like you could you could sort of glance at your phone or something and say, oh, you know, I don't have a lot of time here. You know, could we could you tell me about your work? You know, just like cut through it somehow or, or have a coughing fit or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the bottom of it, they're afraid to open up. And yeah. and so I guess you you don't really want to be rude if you can yeah. help it, even though perhaps they're being rude. But um, if you really do, if you really are interested, you really do want to know, I think if, if the, well, you know, sometimes if it's a monologue, it is about their work, but it may not be what you want to hear. Yeah. It may not be the deeper stuff. <clears throat> and I think it would be appropriate to say, uh, just kind of interrupt and say, wow, you're telling me a lot about about what's going on here, but I have a certain question. Yeah. You know, and I really want to know something. Like raise your hand. Raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Wait to be called on. <laughs> that actually would be pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're talking about questions to ask people. And I think one of the really good questions I would love for somebody to ask me, and I think it's it's always interesting to say, ah, so what's next? You know, um, and it it puts you in a different place. Like uh, it that really involves some some ideas, some maybe some more conceptual conversation. What where are your ideas taking you? And it's a challenging question, actually. People may not be quite prepared to answer that. Yeah. Um, I think but, a lot of people don't know themselves. You yeah. Know? They don't have a, a plan or goals. You right. Know? And that, and, you know, for a lot of methods of painting, that might be a typical response. Well, I just I just keep painting and see what happens. But then you could say, um, well, I notice, for example, I notice that uh, in some of these paintings, there is a, a certain type of line that you're using. And is that something you you want to explore more or is that just a kind of a one-off right now or you know you can pick up on something that they're doing and say where's it going from here and i don't know i like i said i would be happy if somebody asked me that because i think most artists do get hints of what's next even if they're a little unconscious about it well and i i think that um you know going back to the kind of the podcasting thing I think that your experience in interviewing artists has probably given you some insight into what really works in True. terms of drawing people out. And Right. The other thing I do in conversation with other artists is that during my workshops, I always sit down with each person and spend 20, 20 minutes or so. These are deep conversations and they get deep fast because we know we only have 20 minutes. And, what I try to do in both of those cases is kind of read between the lines to some extent and, and also to pull things together. It's a it's a synthesizing of various things they're telling me. And I'll say, so you mentioned this and that. So are these things important? Yeah. Or, um, you know, I, I, I understand this about you. So does that mean something else? And it's kind of playing it back to them. And it's that. So it's an active listening, really. And, and where you're you're demonstrating to them that you're truly listening because you're sort of repeating back what they said, but you're trying to shine a different light on it. 
Do you ever take notes when you're visiting an artist or when you're doing a, a podcast interview? I think in those situations, I'm so involved in the conversation that I don't. But like I mentioned, when I was talking to Nula, I wasn't taking notes right in the moment, but I definitely did them as soon as she was out the door. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the podcast, I often replay it and I'll listen to it again to kind of check it in one sense, but also to see what what were kind of the big ideas that were coming out. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise.